0: We want to thank you this morning for you have been faithful and you are a faithful God. We ascribe greatness to you. You are our God. You are our rock. There is none like you, O Lord. You're faithful. God of faithfulness without injustice. Righteous and upright are your ways and are you. You are a God who never changes. You are God alone, seated on the throne, sovereign above every circumstance and situation, absolutely sovereign over the affairs of men. Nothing takes you by surprise. You are a God who is absolutely in control, and it is. Father, you, Lord, are in charge of this universe, and we believe and we acknowledge that even now. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For you, you are sovereign. And this morning, even as we come to the ministry of the Word of God, the very first day of this ninth month, I pray, Lord, that you would touch us. Touch us, Lord, the rest of the year, four months, oh Lord. I pray every promise and the purpose that you have for us this year as individuals and as families and as a church, I pray, Lord, that you would, Lord, bring it to pass. That you would grow ahead of us, straight and crooked paths for us. And prepare us, even in our minds, that our f- minds will be focused on you, O Lord, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And therefore this morning, I pray, Lord, you would grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Teach us your ways, show us your paths. And Lord, align ourselves, our, us, O Lord, in our minds and in our thinking back to your ways, O Lord Jesus. To that end, I pray that you would bless the speaking and the hearing all this word, we thank you, we praise you, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Alright, so if you can turn to Genesis chapter 13, and let's read from verses 8 to 13, and then Luke's gospel chapter 17, verses 26 to 33. So Abraham said to Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me, and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brothers. We know the context of this. Um, there was a strife between the herdsmen of Lot and the herdsmen of David and the Canaanites and the Perizzites were living in the land. That's what verse 7 says. Is not the whole land before you said Abraham please separate from me. If you take the left then I will go to the right or if you take the right then I will go to the left and Lot lifted up his eyes saw all the plain of Jordan that was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah like the garden of the Lord like the land of Egypt as you go towards Zoar. And Lot chose for himself, interesting, Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east and they separated from one another. Sad chose for himself, you know. Life is a series of choices and so um, Lot was under Abraham for such a long time, okay. And now he's asked to make choices. How is he going to make a choice? When the opportunity to make the choice came, this is what he's, he has to choose. And, and uh, one of the things that we ought to also understand that there will be a covering over you for a while. Okay. I mean, there is always a covering and, but then there will be, there will come a point in life where you are, where you will have to choose for yourself. And Lord chose for himself. Children will go out and go, leave their homes, and then they'll go to university. Typically happens in every home, yeah? You all left your homes and came to university, right? Right, so, and you chose for yourself, right? You came here and you made, you made choices. And um, Peter, I know, made several choices, yeah? And he was a worship leader somewhere else, and now he's a worship leader with us. So many choices that that you had to make in order to choose God, right? So Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan and Lot journeyed east and they separated from each other. And Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. And then, but the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. Remarkable choices that you make. We are coming to the last quarter of this year. Choices. Very important because we are, it's an inexorable law. We are the sum total of all the choices that we have made. Whatever situation that you are in, financial, relationships, okay, spiritual, okay, career, whatever it is. Okay, you made choices. Okay. And the choices have determined your current position. Whatever that current position is, okay, it could be to your liking, not to be a to your liking, but you have made choices, right? So we all make choices, and those choices determine our eternal destiny. That's not that's not today's sermon, but today's uh, study. Um, but I just want us to keep that in mind. Ninth month is coming and there will be a series of choices that we will have to make every day beginning from the time that we open our eyes in the morning okay what will we choose for ourselves is going to determine where will we where will we where we will end up in our uh, spiritual walk so these are a series of choices that um, that i mean we will be you know in a, uh, always you know uh, confronted with choose life or death blessing or curse Okay, Luke's gospel chapter 17, if you will turn with me to 26 uh, from uh, 17 verses 26 to 33. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the son of man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. See, this is essentially how people are looking at life but completely oblivious to what is going on in the heavens, in the spiritual realm. The so sons of God saw the daughters of men. What kind of alliances they were making? What kind of a spiritual alliances were they making? The choices that were making, that they were making, even during the days of no and it seems to be absolutely normal. Whatever that normal is, because the normal is changing now. So, this is how people were looking at it. Eating, drinking, marrying wives are given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. So, they were completely oblivious to what was going on in the spiritual realm. They did not understand that that God was looking at uh, the earth and he was upset. He repented that he made man, it says in Genesis chapter 6. That is the heart of God. Okay. And every thought and the inclination of the heart of man was evil continually. That's how he's seeing it. But how are people looking at it? Eating, drinking, marrying, and giving marriages, looking absolutely normal, completely oblivious to what is happening in the spiritual realm. Okay. And then we have Noah. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so it will be in the day of the Son of Man, when the Son of Man is revealed. And verse 31 to 33. In that day, he who is on the housetop and his goods are in the house, let him not come down to take them away. And likewise the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife, whoever seeks to save his life, will lose it. Whoever loses his life will preserve it. This is essentially what was given to Lot choice, blessing and curse, not just that, life and death. Choose life and verse 33 of Luke's gospel chapter 17 says, whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. And Lot was given a chance to either lose his life or to save his life. And he chose to save his life. And therefore, ultimately, he lost it. Okay, Choices. You see, this this is exactly how it is going to be in the last days. This is is essentially what uh, Jesus was talking about. In the last days, it will be like the days of Noah. It's going to be like the days of Lot. And the normal will keep on changing. We will see that everything seems to be the same. Seems, apparently. Eating, drinking, buying, selling, giving in marriage, etc. They seem to be normal. What What is happening in these is also that we are being used to what we call as a new normal. (laughs) You know, uh, Indigo got this new ad, Indigo Airlines. The lean clean flying machine. That's their uh, whatever tag, no? The lean, clean flying machine is their aeroplane. So what are they given? Face masks, PP kit, PP2 kits, all these things. And what are we doing? They're adapting us to the new normal. Okay. Yeah. This is exactly what is happening. They're masking us. They're covering us. You know what the word lot means? What do you think? Covering. Exactly. And what kind of covering? 25-7 Isaiah. We'll come to that later on. Mm-hmm. 25-7 Isaiah. And he will destroy on this mountain the surface of the covering cast over all the people and the veil that is spread over all the nations. That's exactly what people are saying. Wear a mask, put a veil. Be a lot. That is what lot means, and it's used twice, by the way. Lot, lot. Covering, cast, over all the people. It's exactly the word. Covering, spread, over all the people. You see, the choices that you're making, that's the word what lot, that's what lot means. That doesn't mean a lot. (laughs) It means covering. You absolutely are veiled. We'll come to that later on. So, that's exactly what is happening. You are being asked to adapt to the new normal. Every wild thing is becoming normal. And we are forced to adapt to the new normal. And we are, after a while, getting comfortable with it. And how does it seem to us? Eating, drinking, buying, selling, marrying, giving in marriage. That's all it seems to us. Ah, it's normal. What kind of marriage? Nobody knows. I declare you spouses for life," said Madam K.H. You know that video, Kamala Harris, Madam? The f- she ordained the first gay marriage in uh, in California, by the way. I ordain you spouses for life. Normal. It's becoming normal. thing is changing and we are being forced to adapt to the new normal what we see in as far as the covid situation is concerned they're putting a whale why adapt to the new normal this is their new normal their new normal the lean mean flying machine like lean clean sorry lean mean the lean clean flying machine is very mean actually extremely mean so how they clean up their aeroplanes, how they make their uh, stewards and their air hostess and their, uh, and their, uh, fire pilots wear PP2 masks and how, th- how everybody is so adapted to the new system. It's normal. Normal now. Be comfortable and nobody protests. Nobody's saying anything. Very few people are actually considering and asking the question, what is going on? Very few people. What is the Lord trying to teach us? Through this all, through it all. If this is the only the beginning of birth pangs, like Pastor keeps saying, this is only the beginning. I mean, if this is the beginning of birth pangs, what is going to be the worst part? God has allowed it. He's sovereign. He sang the song, you are God alone. You are seated on the throne. You are sovereign forever and ever. Nothing is hidden from his sight. He's allowing these situations to happen. He's not the author of evil, we know it. But he's allowing it. It's interesting that one Islamic scholar has to say, it is because of the collective sins that we have done against Allah. We have to come back to Allah. That is his take. How many of the priests in Christendom are talking about that? Amos chapter 3, verse 6 to 8. Hmm? If a trumpet is blown in a city, will not the people be afraid? He's being... God is literally blowing the trumpet. That's, it. That's what he tells uh, Ezekiel. Son of man, I have appointed you as a watchman. And if you see calamity coming and you do not blow the trumpet and there's a wicked fellow. And he perishes in his wickedness. I will require his blood from your hand. It's not that we should have so much of following on the internet. This is serious business. Their blood will be upon Your hand. So who is after you? The avenger of blood. Understand that. (laughs) He is after your life. If a trumpet is blown in a city, will not the people be afraid? If there is calamity in a city, will not the Lord have done it? Oh, next verse. Go on. Surely the Lord does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. Isn't that amazing? That means one of the most important voices that has to be preserved in these last days is the voice of the prophet, of the prophetic. For the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. 19:8, right? 1910, Revelation. Hmm? Come back to that in Amos chapter 3, right? Yeah, 1910. Yeah. Worship God. Last part. Worship God for the testimony of jesus is a spirit of prophecy see and, and i fell at his feet to worship him but he said to me see that you do not do do that i am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of jesus worship god for the testimony of jesus is a spirit of prophecy okay and what we need is a prophetic voice who understand the ways of god who knows the secrets of god who has a revelation right but there is no revelation that's what it says Vision is what KJV calls it, where there is no revelation, people cast away all restraint. Why is no restraint? Why is restraintlessness act being accepted as the new normal? Simply because there is no prophetic revelation. God is not speaking and talking to his people. I am not saying that people, people, people are men of God or not. They're, oh, there are so many, so many, so many men of God. But they are not enough voices. surely the lord does nothing unless he reveals his secret to the servant to his servants the prophets a lion has roared who will not fear the lord has spoken who can but prophesy he's speaking and he's speaking loudly through calamity actually that's what cs lewis says he whispers during prosperity but he screams and he blows the trumpet during calamity and what are we doing we are adapting ourselves to the new normal that's what happened to uh, the, to the to to to, to Lot's time uh, to the people during Lot's time, adapting himself slowly, progressively ameliorating himself, if you, if you will, if I, you can use a word progressive amelioration, meaning amelioration, meaning mixing himself first, he pitched his tent close to Sodom, then I mean near uh, near Sodom, close to Sodom, in Sodom, at the, at the gates of Sodom, you know it, we know it very well, no? who will not fear the Lord God has spoken, who can but prophesy? The problem is, there's no revelation. And, there's, do we need uh, extra degrees and great uh, theological, uh, understanding to understand the revelation of God? There's some, certain simple requirements. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 32. We know this very well. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 32. For the perverse is an, perverse person is an abomination to the, to the Lord. But his secret counsel is with the upright. And God reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. And his prophets just have to be what upright in heart. Blameless. Uprightness, meaning upright. There is no cause for shame in your life, in other words. You can stand before God. 1522, 1522 Proverbs, yeah, without counsel plans go ori. that is the word for secret by the way, revelation, without revelation, without counsel, plans go hebar, ori. but in the multitude of counselors they are established, they are established, rise up and build, hmm, what, what is reused, what is required to rise up and build? Prophetic. You're being built up on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. 2514. 2514. Whoever falsely boasts of giving, sorry, sorry. Uh, Psalms 2514, not uh, Proverbs. Apologize. Mm-hmm. The secret of the Lord is with those who Fear Him, and He will show them His covenant. The secret of the Lord is with, is with those who fear Him. So that is what God is saying, you know. God is speaking, but are we hearing? Have we adapted ourselves to the new normal? So let us con- consider what this spiritual condition is. It's a spiritual condition. Sodom and Gomorrah is a type. I mean, He calls, uh, your sister what? Judah. Was like what Sodom. Okay, so it's a spiritual kind. So we'll try to understand what it is. So let's go back to Luke's Gospel, chapter seventeen, verses twenty-eight and twenty-nine. Likewise, in the days of Lot, what they do? Busy. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. We'll so just, just that's an, just, let's let's keep it there. Okay. Can put those two verses together if you don't mind, bro. 26 and 28, 27 and 28 and 29, 28 and 29. Mm -hmm. 28 and 29. So, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained. Okay. So, we'll try to see what is the spiritual environment that is going on over here. And how do we get of this what are the uh, antidotes for it what are what are the lessons that God teaches us as to how to tackle the spirit not to get because that was a physical thing this is something spiritual deep down inside right so we'll understand what it is first most important thing the the the, the root cause of all sin is what exactly Ezekiel chapter 16. Verses 48 and 49. Okay. Look at this. As I live, says the Lord, neither your system, Sodom, nor your daughters have done as you and your daughters have done. Look. In in other words, you are worse than Sodom. Okay. Okay. You are worse than Sodom. Uh, (coughs) It says, Look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. What was the iniquity? I'll wait, I'll give you two minutes, sir. The processor is heating up. Okay. As I live says the Lord, neither your sister nor her daughters have done as you and your daughters have done. Look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. She and her daughter had pride. What is the problem? Pride. Turn with me to Matthew. Chapter 11, and verse 22 onwards. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment, than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to the heaven, will be brought down to Hades, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. Um, Luke's Gospel. Uh, just a second, please. Was 21 actually, 11-21, 11-21, yeah eleven twenty one also no matthew eleven twenty one yes for if the miracles yeah for if the for if the mighty works which were done in you have been done entire and sudden they would have repented now think think about this i i i just forgot to keep these verses what think about it what was the one thing that sodom would not, what is the iniquity of sister sodom pride what is the one thing that stops you from repenting is That's the point. Okay, and what is the iniquity of your sister Sodom? Pride, offense. The word for pride here is foam, puff. Okay, you know what puffing is, right? When your feet swells. Okay, it's an indication of a hurt inside. It's that it is not an indication of strength. Oh, look at his feet so strong. Nobody says that. It's an indication of hurt. So if anybody touches it, what will happen? Ah, ah, you say that now. Oh, don't touch me. That's exactly what pride is. It's puffing. Okay. You have not humbled yourself, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Rather, you have been puffed up. Puffed up pride. See, that is Sodom. Hmm? If you turn to one John chapter two, verse uh 15 to, fifteen to seventeen, right? We know these verses very well, but we'll just look at it once again. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. Yeah? For all that is in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. Okay? And if the and the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. The, everything that is in the world, essentially the pride of life. Okay. And it is a total antithesis to faith. What did I say? It is completely antithesis to faith. How do I know it? Let scripture speak, no? Turn to Habakkuk. We know this verse very well. Habakkuk chapter 2. The just shall... Oh, but look at how it starts off. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4 onwards. Okay, we we'll look at two translations, okay? Um, first, we'll look at NKJV, okay? Behold the proud. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but but the just shall live by his faith. See, what is... The exact opposite to faith is, here in this case, pride. Why? Because it takes away your dependence from God. Indeed. Because he transgresses by wine, now that is a very interesting translation. He is a because indeed he transgresses by wine. He is a proud man, and he does not stay at home because he enlarges his desire as hell, and he is, and he is like death and cannot be satisfied. He gathers to himself all nations and heaps for himself all the people. Actually, if you, if you look at the NLT, it's very interesting. Look at both these two verses in NLT, New Living Translation. Hmm? Okay, look at the proud; they trust in themselves. And their lives are crooked. But the righteous or the just will live by their faith. Wealth is treacherous. Wine and wealth are interchangeable by the way. Okay. And the arrogant are never at rest. They range far and wide with their mouths opened as wide as death. The arrogant are never at rest. Why? Because of their wealth. Okay. That is the reason why Jesus says, you cannot serve two masters okay most important decision in your life is how to handle money money as much as possible lord grant me the grace to hold money loosely give away okay and that is that is how all these things come mocking spirit etc all these things come because of pride okay. 21 24 of proverbs Twenty-one, twenty-four of Proverbs. Hmm? Mockers are proud and haughty. They act with boundless arrogance. Their arrogance is without bound, unbounded arrogance. Twenty. Uh, if you have the, this is uh, yeah, yeah, N K J V, yeah. A proud and haughty man. What is his name? Scoffer is his name. He acts with Arrogant pride. The pride itself has an adjective now. Pride has become, taken a noun form. Okay. He acts with arrogant pride. Proud and haughty man. What is his name? Scoffer. And what, who will come in the last days? Scoffers will come in the last days. Walking according to their own lusts. Spirit of Sodom. Spirit of Sodom. Pride. Scoffers. They will not take to heart what is going on. They are still bent upon their ways. They are still not searching their hearts. They are still still self-sufficient. 16, 19 of Proverbs. Better to be of a humble spirit, with the lowly, than to divide the spoil with the proud. That's exactly the reason why it says in Romans chapter 12, associate yourself with the lowly, associate yourself with the lowly, associate yourself with the lowly, meaning, simple, humble people. Humble people have no problems getting along with each other, right? Only when two people are, hmm, are bent upon having their way, that is when strife comes. Yeah. When, where pride and arrogance is, there is strife. Where envy and jealousy is, strife comes. Strife! You know the Midianite is, Midianite spirit. Pride. Okay, this morning. God resists the proud, he says in James chapter 4. Let's go. So. James chapter 4, verses 4 onwards. James chapter 4, verse 4 onwards. All that is in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the earth, and the pride pride of life. Look at what it says. And therefore he says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God, Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world, makes himself an enemy of God? Or do you not know, the scripture says in, in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, yearns jealously, but he gives grace. To whom? To the humble. He gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. That is how the world is. Okay. Makes you trust in uncertain riches. Everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Right? So, that's the first spirit of this age, the spirit of Sodom. Question is, beginning in the ninth month. One of those prayers that Sister Elsa keeps praying. Lord, enable us to kill pride. Boy, that's a very tough prayer. Okay. I mean, whenever you say kill pride, at it's like as as if you're taking a taking a knife and chopping off its head. If there is pride. Kill. Kill pride. <laughs> but pops up every day no <laughs> that fellow has to be killed every day every day it pops up yeah. because it 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 manifests itself in several ways in all age groups okay <laughs> all right so what has what is the iniquity of Sodom Sodom is proud it has got, why, why is it proud? Because it's got fullness of bread. Fullness of bread, self-sufficiency. That's what the spirit of the age is. Take your dependence away from God. Isn't it interesting that um, the word for bread is of course Lechem, from which we get the word Bethlehem. Okay, Lechem is bread. It has fullness of bread. You know what? Jesus, uh, God told the Israelites, you enter into the promised land, six years you work, seventh year is a Sabbath to the land. No work. What will we eat? Don't worry. Sixth year I will give you, not double, three times for that year to sow the next year. So that you'll eat the harvest. That because you sow the next year. Seventh year is total rest. That means you sow the eighth year. And you eat the harvest in the ninth year. Can you imagine what God was telling them? He says, you know what? Your complete dependency has to be me, on me and me alone. That's the reason why he told kings. Do not multiply for yourself horses. Satan stood it says which stood and asked and, and provoked David to number Israel it was it, it it says that the lord was angry with Israel and he provoked David to number it says in chronicles and in 1 samuel chapter 24 it says satan stood and uh, provoked David to number Israel and you know it but i mean, I, I i have my own theory as to why uh, why uh, god uh, provoked uh, uh, david to to, to number Israel, I have my own theory. My own theory. My own theory is a little. It is a little controversial, and it might not uh, be very pa- palatable to your to your tongues. Simple. I my 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 take is this: You wanted Absalom, who hmm, because he stole your heart. You kicked out the ordained king of God. And the entire nation was okay to come in unity to fight against the ordained king of God. The authority of God. Can you imagine? You went after charisma, not character. Okay, that's my theory. Okay, Because I see the consistent pattern. You know, Every time you see somebody rebels against authority, God takes that very seriously. Very seriously, and mean David would not even touch the hem of Saul 's garment, and he touched it and he was his heart was convicted in, and, he, and he said boy what did, what did I do and the whole nation your own you have you have you have come in, 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 in uh, you, you've, you've agreed with the son i mean the charisma the guy who has no character at all and to fight against his own father, and to fight against the ordained king of God, and you think there are going to be no consequences for your sin? Remember, there was famine in the land for how many years? Three years. And David inquired of the Lord, "What? what is going on Lord because of Saul? In his pride what he did. I mean, I, this is my take my my and my understanding why i was th- always thinking no why lord why did you allow these fellows to die why did you provoke david to kill uh, to number israel what is that one sin simply because those fellows never repented they didn't come to david and say please forgive us david for hand, joining hands with absalom please forgive us you fought David. And you think there are not going to be consequences for your actions? Sin is forgiven, but there are consequences for forgiven sin. What did I say? There are consequences for forgiven sin. But in this case, they didn't even confess their sin. That's my take. Anyways, uh, you can take it or leave it. Test the spirit and leave it. Okay, so understand these things. Pride. Pride, pride, pride. What is the one downfall for Saul? Pride. Honor me before the people. That is the reason why Jesus said, how can you believe? 544, John's Gospel. How can you believe? How can you believe? What did I say? The just shall live by faith, by his faith. But the stout in heart, or the proud in heart, the arrogant in heart, are pride in their own ways they trust in themselves how can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only god what a verse how can you believe pride honor for men okay. what do you have sufficiency and that is the reason why jesus says god says do not multiply horses do not multiply Leave the Sabbath, seven years, just one year. Enjoy. Enter, enjoy. Can you imagine paid holiday for a year? Read your Bible, study it for a year. Just do nothing. I, I like uh, several men of God who take sabbaticals. No, even professors in universities say sabbatical, baba. Oh, you got you're bur- you got burnt out with your research. Take it. Take a year off now. Seventh year is called a sabbatical year. They are eligible. Every assistant professor, after he works for six years, he's allowed to take us one year off. He doesn't have to offer any courses. He doesn't have to take any PhD students. Whatever PhD students he can he can guide them or he can supervise them. And he can do whatever he wants. Explore new areas. Just go and study. That's one of the reasons why I liked academia, you know. Because a lot of things they can do in a sabbatical year, you know that? They can just travel to different universities, enjoy life. Oh. Okay, at the of course the expense of the university, (laughs) Uh, right? You see, you say take a take an ear off. What are you doing? But that very act, you are saying my sufficiency comes from God. Turn to First Corinthians chapter Hmm? one. Just second Corinthians chapter one. Second Corinthians chapter one. Second Corinthians chapter one. And I want you to look at this beautiful verse. It was a powerful verse yeah and turn to 9 onwards okay verse 8 onwards verse 8 onwards second corinthians chapter 1 for we did, for we do not want you to be ignorant brethren those commas are not there in greek okay <laughs> alright for you do not want you to be ignorant brethren of a trouble which came to us in asia That we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Who delivered us from so great a death, and also will continue to deliver us in whom we trust, that He will still deliver us. You see how He says, "He will deliver, He will deliver, He will deliver." That's what Sabbatical Year was supposed to be, and what what happened to this fellows? Four hundred and ninety years they enjoyed sixth years double harvest or triple harvest, and so also. You can't fool God. You can't fool God. You were laboring for the bread which perishes. But Jesus says, you know what, labor for that which will give you eternal life. Fullness of bread, abundance, from which we get abundance of idleness. And what will happen to idle man? Idle man's mind is devil's workshop. This is the spiritual condition of Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread. That means the, what do you say, Um, the desire to be self-sufficient you understand what i'm saying the desire to be self sufficient so when we give what are we trying to say okay when we're not holding to ourselves what are we trying to say lord just my sufficiency is from you you understand so we that's that is the reason why we we are encouraged to give okay test him in those areas so that you start depending upon god yeah. So let us see uh, another, uh, an, an, another spiritual condition. Why, why is Sodom is Sodom? Okay. Isaiah chapter 1. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 1. Hmm? And verse um, 9 onwards. Unless the Lord of hosts had left to us a very small remnant, we would have been like Sodom. We would have been like Gomorrah. And verse 10, hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. He's talking to Sodom himself. now no, Israel, Judah. Give ear to the law of our God. And by the way, other translations will use the word the revelation of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What is the problem here? Let's read from verse 1 onwards now. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 2 onwards. Onwards, okay. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, the donkey is master scrib, but Israel does not know. My people do not consider. You see, the ox knows its owner and the donkey is master scrib, but israel does not know my people do not do not consider think about it you're going through a tremendous pandemic what a situation i mean unprecedented iit je exams postponed for one year never happened in the history of india <laughs> i was thinking man if i was during the corona batch I would have had one more year to prepare for je Maybe I would have cracked it. I don't know. <laughs> Think about it. Don't consider. What is the problem? Allah, sinful nation, people laden with iniquity. Full. And you are a brood of evildoers. Look at this, sinful nation, laden with iniquity, brood of evildoers, children who are not corrupt. You are corruptors. You are the very reason for corruption. Why? They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the anger of the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away backward. See, repentance is something which is something which only God can give. Once we have gone backward, unless God intervenes, that's the reason why. Unless the Lord of God has re, rem, uh, left for us a small remnant, we would have been left sword we know that repentance is a gift from God, right? Turn to Lamentations chapter 5, the last verse, verse 22. Lamentations 5, Lamentations 5, Unless, 5, uh, 22? Sorry, uh, 21 and 22. 21. Turn us back to you, O Lord. And we will be, unless you turn us back to you. You, we will not be restored. Renew our days as a fold unless you have utterly rejected us and you are angry with us. Unless you have utterly rejected us and angry with us, there is no hope for us. Unless you turn us back to you. You have to cause us to repent. You have to cause us to turn and make our way straight. Hmm? Laden with iniquity. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 4 now. 4 onwards. Yeah. They have forsaken the Lord They have they have turned away backward. And verse 5, verse 5, why should you be stricken again? You should revolt more and more. Your whole head is sick and the whole heart faints from the sole of your foot even to the head. There is absolutely no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. You know, Derek Prince makes a very interesting argument. He says, this is exactly how Jesus was on the cross. From the sole of his feet to the crown of his head, what was there? No soundness. Full of wounds, bru- bruises and Peter, He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. They have not been closed or bound up or soothed with ointment. Verse 7. Okay. Verse 7 and 8. Yeah. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Strangers devour your land and in your presence. And it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. So the daughter of Zion is left as a booth in a vineyard and as a hut in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. Unless, you see, unless the Lord of hosts. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What is the problem here? The ox knows its owner. And the donkey is master crib. But my people don't know. My people don't know. They are rebels. They are rebels. They don't see the true spiritual condition. that They are rebels. What is happening from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet? They are absolutely fully bruised. That's exactly what God tells, right, to this Loverdation church. You do not know that you are what? That you are poor, wretched, blind and naked. This is Sodom. Why? You see, what is the reason why the people are like this? See, you you are a product of the teaching that you receive. What I say? You are a product of the teaching that you receive. Okay. You have a Timothy because there was a Paul you have a Timothy because you're of Paul and look at how paul beautifully puts it in second Timothy chapter three verses eight onwards okay sorry, maybe nine onwards yeah chapter three verse nine onwards okay now Janice and Jamrus assisted first uh, ten verse ten onwards okay let's read from one more. but you have carefully followed my doctrine you have ca- followed my manner of life my teaching you follow my manner of life you have followed what is the manner of life The circumstances, the spiritual environment that I was brought up in—you followed that. In other words, you followed the mentors I followed. (laughs) That's exactly what uh, Mordecai tells Esther. Remember your manner of life when you were with me. Now that you are in the in the in the palace, you think that you're going to escape? What is going on over here? If you don't act right now, some God is going to get 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 deliverance from somewhere else. But maybe for such a time as this, God has placed you over there. So don't forget your manner of life. And you have an Esther because you had a Mordecai. The choices that Esther made, fantastic, phenomenal choices. The virgins could take anything. They could choose for themselves whatever they wanted to adorn themselves. But only the eunuch knew what the king liked. For six months, my goodness, perfumes and dresses, and oh, they would be pampered and brought into shape for the master. Okay, the manner of life Esther chose, and the what? What did she do? She was a girl under authority in her home, and when she goes into the into the palace, she is also a girl under authority. And she says, and she asks the eunuch, "What does the king like? Choose for me." Choose for me. And I was, I was telling my uh, my children the other day. Okay. One of the things that you should ask your parents whenever you go to the market, especially malls, if at all we take you to the malls. Okay. okay. I told them, just imagine I take you to Max. And I say, Abigail, choose for yourself whatever dress you want. she looked <laughs> she looked at me like that and i was and she was smiling then i said abigail you know something if you're not sure ask mama mama you choose for me i don't know i don't know what to choose for myself you choose for me okay that is how you train right and then over a period of time they will make choices so what does she do? what does she do she says you choose for me what does the king like? You know best. And the eunuch tells Esther, and you, isn't it? It's not coincidence. I told you right? life is a set of series of choices that you have to make. So, you followed my doctrine, you followed my manner of life, you followed my purpose. What was my purpose? To preach the gospel every, I am under obligation to the Jews, to the barbarians, to the wise and to the advice as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. That is my purpose. My life is not dear to me. You followed my doctrine, you followed my manner of life, the kind of environment, spiritual environment that was, that I was growing up in, you followed that. I remember I asked Pastor James, the no, first time when I, when I, uh, not first time, several years back, but three or four years back, I said, Pastor, what are the books you used to read? And he told me, Watchmeni? Martella Jones? Richard okay, Yeah, Derek Prince, of course, and C.S. Lewis, and one book he recommended you have to read, Vijay, Mere Christianity, the first time I picked it up, and after that I couldn't stop reading it, Vijay, you have to read this book, and then he also gave me Pilgrim's Regress, which I didn't... (laughs) I just I couldn't wrap my mind around it at all. I just gave it up after first two pages. I said, "This is too much for me." Okay, <laughs> this is only for literature, guys. Couldn't just handle it. Okay, mere Christianity just couldn't put it down. Okay. Awesome book, obviously. So basically, and then of course I read several other things of of seriously tried to read at least. The manner of life. You are what you are because of the kind of spiritual leadership or mentorship that you have subjected yourself to so what is the spiritual leadership of sodom we'll see jeremiah chapter 23 <laughs> okay let us see what is the spiritual leader of leadership of sodom you want you want to understand you want to understand sodom's spiritual leadership you will know J- jeremiah chapter 23 now are you there let's read from verse 6 onwards to get the context okay i'm on, i'm getting the, I'm not going to I'm going, not going to uh, going into details of here to this is 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 um uh, a lot of huge study we can do over here. But I just want to point out a few things over here and there. In his days Judah will be saved. And Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called. The Lord our righteousness. Now think about it. We are all positionally righteous. Even Lord was called what man? Righteous man. Okay. Once we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We have been declared righteous. Justified by faith. Just as if we have never sinned. Now, therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that they shall no longer say, as the Lord lives who brought us up from the, brought us, brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives who brought us the descendants of Israel from the north country, etc. And verse 9 onwards, look at this. Look at this, look at this. My heart within me is broken because of the prophets. What kind of prophets are there? All my bones shake. I am drunken. I am like a drunken man and like a man. Whom wine has overcome because of the Lord and because of His holy words. For the land is full of adulterers. For because of the, of a curse, the land moans. The pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up. Their course of life is evil and their might is not right for both prophet <laughs> and priest are profane. Yes, in my house I have found their wickedness, says the Lord. Okay. Therefore their way shall be to them like a slippery waste. In the darkness they shall be driven and fall in them. And for I will bring disaster upon them the year of their punishment, says the Lord. Verse thirteen onwards. And I have seen folly in the prophets of Samaria. They prophesied by Baal and they caused my people Israel to err. You err because you do not know the scriptures nor you know the Power of God. And look at verse 14 now. Also, I have seen a horrible thing in the prophets of Jerusalem. They commit adultery. They also strengthen the hand of the evildoers, so that no one turns back from his wickedness. All of them have become like what? Sodom. And their inhabitants like? Who is of course for this problem? Prophet. And what do the prophets do? They commit adultery. What is it? What is adultery? Simply idolatry. They walk in lies. they strengthen the hand of evildoers, meaning they don't strengthen them in the ways of the wo- ways of the word and the ways of God, but they strengthen them in the ways of evil, so that no one turns back from his wickedness. All of them are like, what? Sodom to me and her inhabitants like Gomorrah. This is the spiritual heritage of Sodom. Rebels, corruptors, the rulers of Sodom, what what are they, there is no revelation, etc. And what is the problem? The problem is there is a teacher or a prophet, the prophetic word, the prophetic voice, which is supposed to warn them and teach them the ways of God, has strengthened them in evil ways. And they walk in lies, they commit adultery. No one turns back from their wicked ways. There's no repentance. That's what happens, right? Oh, you don't have to repent anymore. Once saved. Oh, yeah. You're already righteous. Okay, and our inhabitants have become like Sodom and Gomorrah. Because of the prophets. That's what I told you, right? You are a product. And what does Paul tell Simothians, 2nd Timothy, Timothy chapter 3, verse 9, verse 10? Verse 10. Read that again. Verse 10. Seven things he mentions over there. He says, my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my perseverance, my persecutions, afflictions, etc. What happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, and the persecutions that I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. And verse 12, all those who desire to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will Suffer persecution. This is the manner of life you follow. You follow. So what is the result of this? The result is a believer who is positionally righteous, but it's a problem with him. You know the condition, the kind of a believer that is a product of this kind of a ministry. 2nd Peter chapter 2. Verse 6 onwards. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterwards would live ungodly, and delivered what lot, Righteous lot. Okay, that's what I said. The Lord, our righteousness. But what is the problem with this fellow? Who was oppressed. Other translations will use the word vexed. Product. Of this ministry. This is a believer. Oppressed by filthy conduct. Or it's other translations you will use the word. What is that? Conversation. You know the word for conversation appears 8 times in the epistle of Peter. Both the translations. Conversation. Manner of life. That's what he says. You followed my manner of life. Conversation. My conversation. That's what it says in Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 10, in, verse 10 in KJV, right? My conversation? In KJV? And delivered righteous lot. Who was oppressed by their conversation or their filthy conversation or, of the wicked. And then go on. Yeah? Manner of life is manner of life. For that righteous man, dwelling in... Among them, who asked you to dwell among them? What what is happening? Tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. That's the the product. He's seeing their lawless deeds. He's hearing their lawless deeds. But he's powerless to come out. He's powerless to come out. He's so trapped by the now. By the spirit of Sodom but he doesn't want to come unless a man is there to intercede for him and angels are sent divine intervention happens and they are pulled out of Sodom isn't it interesting how strong the spirit of age is you went into Sodom you went into captivity you were vexed you're tormented you went into captivity you were rescued by a righteous man and then you still were given a choice. Choose for you life and death, blessing and curse. And what did Lot choose for himself? Still Sodom. Sort of. Still Sodom. Sort of. Turn with me to Jude chapter when there is only one chapter. Verse 21 onwards. Okay, verse 20 onwards. 20 onwards. 20 onwards. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. In verse 5. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others say with fear, Pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. That's exactly what Abraham did. Abraham did. When that guy came to uh, to ask Abraham to rescue Lot, he took 318 of his trained soldiers from him, went, defeated those five armies, and the ruler of Sodom, Bera, the king of Sodom is about to meet him, and Melchizedek comes and intervenes. And he gives him a tithe of everything, and Bera says, take the spoil. You know what? I have lifted up my hand. I do not want to have, I want to hate the garment defiled by the flesh, said Abraham. I want to hate the garment. Yes, I am going to pull out my brother from the fire, but I am going to hate the garment defiled by the flesh. I literally rescued him, but not this. Can you imagine at that time what a tremendous miracle that have happened, tremendous deliverance that God has rotted through Abraham, and Lot still makes a choice to go back to Sodom? Think about that. How strong it is, and this is a righteous man, the spirit of the world. Love not the world, my dear brothers. Okay That's the result. This is the result. These kind of believers who are lingering, who have no compassion on their next generation. Still undecided. And when they come and give their testimony, you know what people do? They laugh. Hey, the city is going to be destroyed. Are you joking? Are you joking? Righteous man, righteous man tormenting his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and he heard. So, how do we get rid of this? God has to give answers no to our problems. Hmm. If only He's going to give us problem and not a solution. Let us go to uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter seventeen now. <clears throat> Established the situation, the spiritual circumstances in which they were living in and let us look at the response chapter 17 verse 28 onwards let's read okay. likewise as it was also in the days of lot they ate they drank, they bought they sold, they planted they built but on the day that lot went out of Sodom it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all Okay, even so it will be in the day of the Son of Man, when he is revealed. Verse 31, and he gives us a solution. In that day, okay, in that day. Okay, everybody knows that? What should you do? You should be where? You should be found on the housetop and your goods are in the house. That means your goods are under your feet and your head is in heaven. That's our first lesson. You want to be rescued and not be carried away with the spirit of the age. Your, 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 what is that? Your, your goods should be under your feet and your head should be towards heaven. Goods under your feet. Don't consume the goods. Okay, it's there, Baba. He who is on the housetop, his goods are in the house. Let him not Come down. First thing, be in the housetop, don't come down. Say that. Be in the housetop, don't come down. First Timothy. That means, that means hold on to things very loosely. Okay. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 6 onwards. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 6 onwards. Hmm? Now godliness with contentment is great gain. Say amen to that. Amen. For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain, Okay, even if you put a nice suit, three-piece suit on your dead body and bury you, that also you will not take. For we brought nothing into the world and it is certain we can carry nothing out except the souls that we have saved. Our own household, maybe. And having food and clothing with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich, what happens to them? They fall. Ah, they fall down. They fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. What a graphic picture that Paul is, the Holy Spirit through Paul is revealing. It's like taking this guy and dunking him into water and never asking him to come out. You know, offenses. Woe to those people by whom offenses come. It is better for him to have a milestone around his neck and... Or drown into the sea. That's exactly what is happening over here. This fellow he is putting a milestone around his neck and drowning himself into the sea. Why? They are drowning men into destruction and perdition. Why? Because their desire to be rich. For the love of money is a root of all, all kinds of the ill. For, from, for which some have strayed from the faith in, them, in, in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O oh man of God, what should you do? Flee. Where? Flee to the house top. Flee to the house top. Pursue righteousness. That is on the house top. Pursue godliness on the house top. Meaning go anti-gravity. Okay. Flee these things. Pursue righteousness. Pursue godliness. Pursue faith. Pursue love. Pursue patience. Pursue gentleness, oh man of God, and flee. Flee, pursue. Seven things. This makes you a complete man. Okay. Not the yeah, whatever. Everybody loves Raymond, but oh man of God, flee these things. You have food and clothing, whatever that clothing be. I'm not against going to Raymond's and buying. You should buy, which because they last for a long time. So that you don't have to spend more money on multiple clothes. Okay. But you, oh man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness. And what, what, what is the thing? First, be in the housetop. Be in the housetop and hold on to things loosely. Never let things pull you down. The moment you have allowed things to rule your heart, He'll be brought down. Verse 17, same chapter. Verse 17, same chapter. 1 Timothy. hmm? Command those who are rich in light, rich in this world or in in this presentation. Not to be uh, proud. Not to trust in what riches? Uncertain riches. They're very uncertain. It's like the wings of the uh, of a bird, they come and they go. But in the living God who gives us all things richly to enjoy, we sing that song very much, right? Okay, and then abundantly give us all things to enjoy. What is that? In in your presence there's fullness of joy. And let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may hold on, lay hold on to eternal life. Where? Stay in the housetop and hold on to your goods loosely. That is what we call us. he did not, he emptied himself. He did not take equality of God, something to be grasped, but he held it loosely. loose, everything loose, loosely. Okay. Don't love things. Don't love reputation. past fleeting pleasures of sin. For stay in the housetop. Another verse. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Okay. And verse 3 onwards. Colossians chapter 3, verse 3 onwards. Sorry, uh, verse 1 onwards, not 3 onwards. Um, if then you were erased. Can we put it in the NIV? Okay, NIV. Let's put it in NIV. Okay. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above. Okay, see that again. Things above. Don't come down to to your goose. All right. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind minds on things above, and not on earthly things. I like that's the reason why I I, I like the NIV because the word things is repeated over and over and over again. Since you have been raised with Christ. Stay on the housetop. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. And then verse 3. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you shall also appear with him in glory. So he says, looking housetop, you see you have an open heaven basically. right? When you are inside the house, there is a roof over your head. What is happening? There is a block. Basically, This is a spiritual state. We all gravitate toward things. God is saying, forget about these things. Come up. Come up and be there. Seek ye f- first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all the goods. Thank you. <laughs> things that you need will be added. All these things. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, why will he not with him Freely give us all things. When Christ is your life. Appears then you will also appear with him in glory. That means there should be an expectation boss. Expectation. So first thing. Hold on to things loosely. And set your minds on things above. Things above. And how do you do that? Next verse. Verse 6. Verse five onwards, yeah. Therefore, put to death your members which are on earth. Fornication, verse five. Okay, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Yeah. You take idols; it will keep on pulling you down. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the. Sons of disobedience. But you were washed, it says in verse 7. Right? But you were washed. You can see that. But you were washed. Once walked when you, uh, in, in which you once, you, your oneself walked when you lived in them. So, set your minds on things above. Be on the housetop. Don't come down. Hold on to things loosely. That's the first response. Second, let's go back to, uh, Luke's Gospel chapter 17. And verse, uh, 20, 31. In that day, he who is on the housetop and his goods are in his house, let him not come down to take them away. If you come down to take them away, <laughs> they will take you away. Okay, understand this. Okay, a graphic picture. Second thing. And likewise the one who is in the field. So, second thing. First, be on the housetop. Second, be busy in the field. What did I say? Be busy in the field. Be on the housetop. Be busy in the field. House stop refers, uh, talks about your relationship with God. Okay, you are not holding on to things; you are only holding on to God. You have a relationship with God. F- field is talking about your work. Be busy in the Lord's work. Be busy in the Lord's work. uh, Sorry, Proverbs chapter uh, 10 and verses 4 and 5. Proverbs chapter 10 verses 4 and 5. Hmm? He who is slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a what son? Is a wise son. He who sleeps in the harvest is a son who causes shame. Okay. So be busy in God's field. That's the reason why, you know what God, uh, Paul tells in First Corinthians chapter 3, you are God's building, you are God's field, and we are fellow workers together with God. Fellow workers, God is busy, my father has been busy right from the den, even until now, you also be busy in God's work. What occupies your mind? Knowing the will of God, studying the will of God, studying the word of God, Being busy in developing your own soul and understanding uh, the will of God for your own life. And then therefore from your life you are able to minister to others and you are busy in God's field. You are plucking out people from the fire and not even touching the garment which has been defiled by the flesh like Abraham. You are absolutely rooted in the promised land, in the promises of God. You are looking to the to the city which is whose foundations and whose builder and his, and maker is God. That is what Abraham was looking for. He was not looking for the promised land. He was a pilgrim in the promised land. He was sojourning in the land of promise. He didn't even have one foothold for, as a, as a tent, only a place to bury his dead. That's all. Other people, you know, what they, what they called him? They called him Raja. Huh. They respected him for that. Did he lack anything? Nothing. Nothing. Hold on to things loosely. That's exactly what Abraham did. He held on to his privileges, rules. He looked at it, looked at, uh, Lot and he said, you take the first choice. You take first choice. My god, what a tremendous maturity that is, no? Think about it, no? This is a childish, childlike, childish, not childlike, childlike attitude. Uh, when you get cookies out of your oven, Abigail, take the first choice. Which for which kind? What size will they go for? First, the biggest all the time. Have you seen? Okay. Um, they had a story called the Aging Ape. Okay, um, you know the story for Aging Ape, right? Aging Ape is a story in their uh, curriculum. Uh, The song goes, The, the rhyme is, the aging ape was out of shape because he ate and ate and ate. So the story of the aging ape is this. Every time people used to bring him cookies, he would always go for the biggest one. When people brought him food, he would always go for the, he would always go and say, I want to make the first choice. And he ate and ate and ate and ate, and he was. His, and one day he wanted to come out of his door, and he couldn't come out of the door. He got stuck. Okay. So he, even if he wants to run to the hoost, rooftop, he can't run out. Run to the rooftop now, because he's stuck in his home. The aging age was out of shape because he ate and ate and ate. For we are God's followers, you are God's field, you are God's building. That means one because one just you be busy in God's field, my dear brothers. Be busy in doing God's work. Whatever that work is God has entrusted into your hands. Yeah, you might be working in a software company, you might be working for Google's HSBC, uh, Amazon, software engineer, software engineer, what engineer. Whatever it is, but Lord, I want to be busy in your vineyard. Whatever I'm doing, I, I'm a student. John's Gospel chapter 4, verses 31 onwards. 31 onwards, actually 31. Yeah. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. The aging ape was out of shape, because he ate and ate and ate. <laughs> Jesus was a man always in shape, <laughs> because his food was something else. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to him, said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And what what is his work? Verse 35 onwards. Do not say, there are still Four months, and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. You know, one of the things that I keep on looking, speakers corner in 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 London. I mean, the harvest—that's at least a visible place, you know, where you have all people from different walks of life, and you have you know, Muslims coming to try to evangelize Christians, Christians trying to evangelize Muslims. You should see how the there are a bunch of christian evangelists and apologists who go week after week they're spat upon they're abused they're harassed they're called all kinds of names they go back over and over and over and over and over notwithstanding the fact that they're abused every time they go go to the speaker's corner by the muslims the perseverance you know, three kinds of attitude a man of God has to have. First, he has to have the attitude of a soldier. You know that, right? Second, he has to have the attitude of an athlete. Third, he has to have the attitude of a farmer. Okay, farmer. And he says, he has to patiently wait for the harvest. And you, I'm telling you, you should see, because corners, I, I know some of the evangelists who go there. Boy, they, I've seen them in 2016. 2014, 2013, I see them now. The same passion, the same hostility. They are seeing results now, of course. Things are changing. God is shaking. Okay. There are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives, what? Wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. They... That both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Busy in God's field. And then verse 37 and 38. For in this the saying is true. One sows, another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. Enter into their labor. And start harvesting now. Don't sleep. Don't sleep. And after you gather, 133, Psalm. You know this very well. Let's read that. Smallest Psalm. Hmm? Psalm 133. No, 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 no. Sorry. Excuse me. Apologize. 133. Well. It's one of the Psalms of the essence. Uh, those who go out mourning, will come back rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. 136, huh? 126, yes, 126, sorry. 126. And let's uh, read from verse 4 onwards. Yes, that's right. 126. Yeah. What does it say? The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually, you see that? Underline that word. Goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Continuous. That is the reason why, you know, cast your bread on many waters. He says, Ecclesiastes says, cast your seed in the morning, cast your seed in the evening. We don't know which one. This will grow or that will grow or both will grow. We don't know. Sometimes both may not grow, but you still sow. Be busy, my dear brothers, be busy. The field called your own life. Break up the fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. Do not sow among thorns. Be busy in God's field. So first thing, what did we look at? Be in the housetop. <laughs> okay, that means set your minds on things above. Second, th- second, we're going to hold on to things loosely. Don't consume it on your own lusts. Okay, and become fat. Like the aging ape. I like that. What a what a song they've. they've, The aging ape was out of shape because he ate and ate and ate. Verse three, the third one. Uh, so the second, second we so said be, uh, don't uh, hold on to things loosely. Third thing, be busy in God's field. Fourth thing, let's go back to, uh, Luke's Gospel chapter 17. Okay. Um, and, and likewise the one who is in the field, let him not turn, let him not, don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. You've burnt your bridges to your life. Don't look back. You are in the field, don't turn back. Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 62. You know this very well. Okay. But Jesus said to them, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. That's it, over. I am in God's field. God's vineyard. That's what I say. One of the things that happens once you're, the sanctification process, one of the things is that you have your priorities absolutely straightened up. Okay. Okay. Think about students who keep choosing God over er, er, anything else in their lives. I remember that story that Pastor keeps, keeps telling about that, that lady, right? Um, who gave the word that she's going to be the youth conference, teaching the youth. But then she had exams. Okay. But she already gave the word. So she would come and minister to the youth and go back and write the exams. And she topped the university. What an awesome God. Would to God we'll have teachers and students like that. <laughs> Choosing not to work on a Sunday. Boy, it's very difficult. Not to study on a Sunday. I mean, I'm talking about people who love their work and who want to get 100 marks. And if they say, okay, you want to get a 100, take it easy on Sunday. Monday's exam, but you know, Sunday don't Just imagine, I'm just talking about a hypothetical situation, okay. Oh, pastor said don't study on Sunday. I didn't say that, okay. I'm not say, I'm not saying any of those things. Talking about putting God first, prioritizing. Okay, looking back, not, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. I've burned all my bridges. Oh, let me just go back and uh, say goodbye to my father and my mother. Huh. Okay. What has that got to do with me? Or do you think this calling is because of me? What you think by putting my mantle, I chose you? You think I chose you? I'm just a human instrument, but the call came from God. That's what I'm saying No, We choose God. Hold on to things loosely. And choose God. But Jesus said no not anyone having put his hand to the plow. And looking back is fit. And many of his disciples turned back. John's Gospel chapter 6 verse 66. John's Gospel chapter 6 verse 66. From that time onwards. Many of his disciples went back. And walked with him no more. What was the reason? The world was getting tough. They were getting offended. They were murmuring. This is too much for us to bear. And then goes on. Let's, verse 67, Jesus says something very interesting. Do you also want to go away? And then Peter says, But Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You and you alone have the words of life. To whom shall we go? You and you alone have the words of life. So first, again, remember this. Remember this. On the housetop, on the housetop, have an open heaven. On the housetop, open heaven. I like the word what Jesus tells uh, 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 Nathaniel. Okay, you will see the heavens open, and the Son of God, God ascending and ascending and, and ascending, and uh, angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Open heaven. Second, hold on to things loosely. Third, be busy in God's vineyard. Fourth, don't look back. Okay, Lord, how much I've worked nothing is there. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 Do not grow weary in doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 onwards For God is not unjust to forget your work Actually, uh, 9 and 10, sorry. 9 and 10. Let's see verse 9 and 10. Okay. My, but beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. For God is not unjust to forget your labor, work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name. In that you have ministered to the saints and you continue to minister. And then go on. Verse 11. And we desire that each of you... Uh, show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end don't look back that you do not become sluggish but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises and then he actually says for you have for you uh, you need patience like Abraham okay understand so don't go weary Lord, what am I, what is this Lord? I'm doing the same thing over and over and over again. Do it. (laughs) Okay. I'm telling you something. Spend time like that and one day God will interfere and intervene in your life and change the course of your life. And it's not going to be the same again. It's not going to be the same again. Okay. But we come to God with that kind of an expectancy. Amen. Let's go back now. Luke's Gospel chapter 17 again. And was thirty-two, thirty-one, thirty-two. Yeah, yeah. Um, and likewise, one who is on the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. What happened? You know it. Remember Lot's wife. He doesn't say remember Lot. Lord. Remember Lot's wife. Madam's heart was totally possessed by Sodom. I'm telling you, the spirit of the world is so, so, so stubborn. Don't turn back like Lord's wife. We don't have to go details. Verse 33, we'll understand the spiritual significance. Verse 33, let, let's read verse 33. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will save it, will preserve it. And how do you do this? You have to preserve your souls until the end. How do you do that? Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 onwards. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 onwards. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. That is the first thing that you need to do. Deny himself. Okay. Denial. Self-denial. Okay. Take up his cross. And follow me. Three things. Deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to see that, verse 20, verse 25. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. This is how you do it. Don't lose your life, but save it. But don't lose your life, but find it. How do you do, how do you not uh, lose your life? But living for God. But giving your life for God. The enemy comes to steal. John's gospel chapter 10 verse 10. John's gospel chapter chapter 10 verse 10. John's gospel chapter 10 verse 10. A thief does not come except to steal, except to kill and to destroy. Three things. What does he say? He steals from you the interest for God. Second, he kills you. How How does he kill you? By allowing you to live for yourself. That's what it says. Those who desire to be rich, what do they do? They, they pierce themselves with many sorrows and drown themselves into what? Into perdition. They steal to kill and to destroy. But what did I do? I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I have come to give you life. And your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there is pleasures forevermore. Fight pleasure with pleasure, my dear brothers. Fight life with life. This life or that life. Fight bios with Zoe. Are you biologist or are you zoologist? Is a question. Like, Pastor asked that question several years back. In him was life and that life was the light of men. Your words are what? Spirit. My words that I speak that are spirit and life. Whom shall we go to? You and you alone have the words of life. Zoe. Zoe. Choose life. Choose life. How do you choose life? By picking up your cross. And what is picking up the cross? First thing. Very first thing. You know something? Getting up in the morning. When all the faculties of your body say, another 15 minutes can I sleep. The practical step, I'm telling you. Very, very difficult. As a door on a hinge. Slow. So is a slug on a list bed door door rolls on the hinge is it going anywhere? no slug out on the bed is he going anywhere? no he's rolling his position is changing only orientation keeps changing okay. pitch your role, but position is rev- that he has not moved anywhere only the orientation different different angles he's sleeping obtuse angle, acute angle, all kinds of different angles he's sleeping getting up in the morning most difficult no? most difficult that's how you choose like i'll tell you something this is a very practical thing second thing fast as often as you can i'm asking telling myself too the other day i was looking at myself in the camera and said boy i'm slouching out of the bed out of the out of the out of that chair like that i looked at myself my god i put on weight the aging ape getting out of shape What is that? Beating my body into subjection and bringing it. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 27. Hmm. But I discipline my body and bring it to my subjection lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. My goodness, if Paul had this fear, the greatest apostle of all time, the best of all the apostles, the star apostle, if you will. You know, we have the star, star witness, star apostle, star preacher, all star. The star apostle has to say, I discipline my body and bring it to subjection, lest having preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Boy. I am in a race. I do not want any weight. I don't want any sin. Picking up your cross, denying yourself. Denying yourself. That is how it starts with little things: sleep, denying yourself sleep, denying yourself food, and everything else will follow after that. If these we can control, and denying yourself to speak, bah! Don't speak for a few days; It'll be great. You'll do yourself a great, a great good. Zip your mouth. You know they say in the in, in, in Hinduism they do monvrat. Okay. I think that's a fantastic verse. They understand the power of words. They do monrith, but Christians are opening their mouth only all the time. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Verse 25 of, of Matthew chapter 16. But whoever loses his life for my sake, you know what? You, in other words, you have counted the cost. Meaning, you know what counting your cost means? I'll tell you what counting the cost means. Returns are fantastic. That's how I how I look at it. Returns are fantastic. Oh, I'm going to lose so much money. No, 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 no. Are returns take away. Mm. Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after, let him know. Whoever, 25, whoever desires to save his life, will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, will find it. And verse 26, for what profit it is a man? You see? What is counting the cost? For what profit it is a man, if he gains the whole world, and loses his own soul? Count the cost ka matlab kya hai? See, just do the balance here. If I lose my life, I will gain it there. Mm. I'm not going to lose Anything with God. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? This is important. Okay. Alright. One more verse. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Looked at this several times. And verse. Uh, one second. We can stop 18 onwards 18 to 21 for many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction whose God is their belly whose glory is their shame who set their mind on earthly things, you say that again why was twenty? For our citizenship is in heaven. Okay, be on the what top? House top, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Final last last verse. Second Peter chapter three. Verses 10 onwards. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. 10 and 11, okay? In which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. Okay, and the heavens will be rolled up like a scroll, it says. Okay, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burnt up. Kya bathe? this is crazy okay just imagine this situation everything will be burnt verse 11 therefore since all these things will be dissolved what what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct, first thing, holy conduct, second thing, godliness third thing, verse 12 looking for the hastening and looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire and the elements will melt with a fervent heat okay what are we, Lord, what manner of Persons, view ought to be in holy conduct and godliness. How? Because everything that is going to be, everything is going to be dissolved. Only one thing. Those who do the will of God will abide forever. Even the heavens, the uh, you look at the mountains, right? Look at the mountains. They look absolutely unmovable. They're stable, steady as a mountain. People come, people go, people die, but mountains remains forever. That's what people say. Okay. That which has roots that no one sees. Up, up, up it goes and never grows. What is that? A mountain. But then, everything else will be dissolved. Even that mountain will be burnt up by a scroll. But he who does the will of God, that fellow whom you thought is a temporary fellow, that fellow will will remain permanent in eternity. He who does the will of God will abide forever. So this morning, what do we do? Choose life. If anyone desires to lose his life, we'll preserve it. If you preserve your life, you will lose it. Amen. So this morning, let's choose life. Let's don't choose for ourselves like uh, the great man, righteous man, Lot. This morning, let's pray. Father, we commit ourselves to your kind hands this morning. We thank you, Father, for your faithfulness, for your goodness and for your mercy in our lives. You're a good God. Your mercy endures forever. And this morning, Lord, we want to choose life. Choose life. We want to be on the house top. You want to hold on to things loosely. We want to be busy in your field. We don't want to look back. Father, grant us the grace to choose life by losing it. Not spending on our own selves, but spending it for your kingdom. As Paul says, Lord, I'm pouring my life out like a drink offering. Father, we may have not reached to that to that level, but Lord, we want to make those choices now. Choices now, Lord, we want to choose life in the little things. In the time we spent in eating and sleeping, and spending time in your word, discipling, disciplining our body. grant us grace to that and we pray we thank you we praise you we give you glory for in Jesus mighty name we pray amen 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 so